What is up, Refuge Church? I'm going to assume that you are out of bed this morning. So if you are, go ahead and right there where you're at, just give yourselves a little hand. Say, yay, I got out of bed today. Celebrate where you are because we are getting pounded with snow. And we can handle it because we live in Maine and we are ready for the day. And we're going to not allow Satan to get us down. And so this morning, as Tanya has already said, we are bringing a new uh, style of church to you, right to your home. And so I hope that you enjoy this uh, this message this morning that, that we have for you. Uh, we felt like it was really important to go ahead and continue with this series called called Whisper. And we wanted to make sure that, uh, that we concluded it. Um, we are also in the middle of 21 days of prayer. It is day 15 of 21 days of prayer. So uh, we, are, we are still in the thick of praying and fasting and seeking God's voice. And so we really believe that the message of whisper is really important that we focus on hearing the voice of God. And so we're going to do that this morning. Uh, but before I do, I want to let you know that this morning as we um, thought about what we were going to do with church, uh, and, and really earlier in the week, um, I, I just, I prayed, God, please, um, I pray that this storm would not affect our church service on Sunday. And it only took about 24 hours for me to pray that way. And then God kind of set me in, in line and said, but Adam, what if I want you to take a rest? What if I want the people on your team to take a rest? And I started to then change my heart and, and, and pray that, that God would allow us to make the most of this opportunity to come into your living rooms, to give you an opportunity to share with your, your friends about what God is doing at the refuge. And so that's what we're going to do. And we believe, we, we really believe that this is what God has for us. So this morning, uh, I am I am super excited for what we're what we're doing. Uh, I want to remind you that next week we begin a new series called Uncommon. It's going to be a series about relationships. So what happens is, as you seek God for 21 days, and as you um, as you really lean into Him, you get things in line with Him. But then what happens when you come out of that is then it's time to to focus on our relationship with other people. And so we are going to be focusing on our relationship with each other, not just our spouses, but our friends, our family, and people that we have relationships with. And so we're doing that next week. But uh, before next week, we want to invite you to, to email Tanya and I, email uh, hello at refugemain.church with relationship topics, relationship questions, uh, not just, again, not just marriage, but, uh, but also uh, friendship questions and topics. And uh, then next week, Tanya and I will be jumping on during a day uh, to Facebook, to Instagram, uh, and we'll be doing a live video where we talk about the topics that you guys send us. We cannot wait uh, for, for that. But um, as we get into today's message of, of Whisper, um, let me begin by saying a, a quick word of prayer. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for, uh, for what you're doing in, in our lives. God, it is undeniable. Right now, as we are in a season of 21 days, Father, we, we know that you are right here with us as we, as we seek you. Father, I believe it's no accident that 
church got canceled in the middle of 21 days of prayer. Lord, it's not what I wanted, but Lord, I believe that it is what you wanted. So God, I pray that you would make the most of this opportunity, that you would allow us to use this to uh, increase engagement on, uh, on our church social media, that we would increase engagement around the town of Wyndham, that we would increase engagement around the, the, the state of Maine, and that people would start to talk about what God is doing at the Refuge Church. Father, I pray that you would watch over us and protect us today as, as the storm comes. Lord, I pray that we would realize that when storms of life come, that we can make Jesus our refuge and that he gives us shelter, that he protects us, that he covers us with his wings, and that he, uh, that he is right there with us. So, Father, I pray that this storm that we're experiencing right now would always remember, remind us to run to Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. So today we are uh, concluding the Whisper series by talking about the six love languages that Mark Batterson highlights in uh, in Whisper. He actually highlights seven. Uh, the first one we talked about last Sunday, by the way, if you missed that message, you can get on to refugemain.church forward slash messages and you can listen to that. You can uh, download it on iTunes and you can, uh, you can hear what we had to say about the Word of God last week. But um, this morning we're looking at the final six languages. Uh, those languages are desires, doors, dreams, people, prompting, and pain. Now, it's really important that as we get into these, that we, that we remember that the filter that we look through all of these languages through is the Word of God. God will never show us, never tell us to do anything that goes against His Word. It is the primary love language that God uses to speak to our hearts. So that's why the Word of God is so, so important. We will always be a, a church that, that believes in God's Word, that uses God's Word, and that hopefully does God's word, as we talked about last week. This morning, as we get into the, five, the, the, the six love languages that we'll talk about, the number one, or, or sorry, the first love language that we're talking about today is desire. Desire. Can I just say that uh, God has taught me a lot about desires over the last few weeks. Hopefully you've heard that in my heart this morning as I've shared with you kind of my feelings about, about this snowstorm and, and canceling church. It's not what I wanted. It wasn't my desire. But, but one of the things that God has taught me over the last couple of weeks is this. And I want you to write this down. And, and I hope that you're watching this video this morning in your pajamas. But I hope that you also have the opportunity to have a notebook, to have a pen and a paper. So go and get a note. Hit pause. Go ahead, get a, a notebook, a pad and paper and write this down. And here it is. God's desires over my desires. When it comes to desires in our lives, God's desires are far more important than our desires. In fact, write it on the top, write, write God's desires and then draw a line and write my desires. God's desires are always more important. In the book of Psalm chapter 37 verse 4, the New Living Translation, it says, Take delight in the Lord and He will give you your heart's desires. Then in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Essentially, these two verses are the same. What they're saying is that when we put God's desires over our desires, we get what we want. Ladies and gentlemen, it is, it is my desire in my life that I would always, always choose God's desire over what I want. When 
Jesus was speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And I believe that the Jewish people that were listening to the Sermon on the Mount, that they probably heard Psalm 37, 4, delight yourselves in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. God's desires always, always, always outweigh ours. They're always better than ours. The mature believer understands that when we want what God wants, that we receive everything we need. When we want what God wants, we receive everything we need. And therefore, we should only concern ourselves with God's desires in our lives. However, God still uses our desires to speak to us. He still allows us to, to have desires, to have desires of our hearts. Let me just encourage you that when you're thinking about the desires, when you're thinking about the things that you want in life, always do your best to look through the filter of what does this do for other people? Don't be selfish with your desires. Think about others. Because I believe that when we put other people first, that those are the desires that God gives us. So again, if, if, if you want to use the um, acronym JOY, right? Jesus, others, yourself. We've heard that. We've heard that before. But when it comes to desire, joy is, is a great acronym to follow. God's desires first, other desires second, and, and your desire last. And I believe that those are the desires that, that God listens to. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus is talking to a, to a blind man. And the thing that he says to the blind man is, what do you want me to do for you? Can you imagine Jesus asking us, what do you want me to do for you? Can you imagine next Sunday, if, if we get to church and Jesus was there and he says, what do you want me to do for you? What would our answer be? Would you have an answer for him? The next language that we want to talk about this morning is the language of doors. Doors are a funny language because... Um, one of the things that I've, I've learned growing up, going to four high schools in three years, is that um, we all love an open door, but we really hate a closed door. And the reason that we, that we hate closed doors is because closed doors represent the word no. As human beings, we hate to be told no. We hate to experience a breakup. We hate to get fired. We hate it when we order something on Amazon and things are on back order because we hate to be told no and we hate to wait. And so closed doors are something that we really, really don't like. One of the things that you will quickly realize about these love languages is that they're all pretty similar. They're all pretty similar when it comes to the way that God operates in them. And when it comes to doors, it's a question about God's will in our lives, isn't it? Like, is this the will that God has for, has for me? Is this the door that he has for me to go through at this moment? Knowing God's will for our lives is more about knowing God's heart than anything else. And the way that you know God's heart is by leaning in close enough to him every single day of our lives in order to hear his whisper. And so Batterson gives five filters or five tests, if you will, to determine if, 
if a door is a door that God has for you, number one, the first test that he talks about in his book is the goosebump test. I love this test. We all love this test. If God opens a door and you think that it might be one that he wants you to walk through, does it give you goosebumps? Does it make you excited? It may not give you literal goosebumps, but does it make you excited? The doors that God opens in our lives should make us excited. Come on, somebody, right? We all like to be excited. And so the goosebump test, that's test number one. Test number two is the peace test. Does it give you peace? Do you have a peace about it? You shouldn't be terrified. Well, you should be a little bit terrified if it's the will of God in your life. But do you have a peace about it? You can be terrified but still have peace. The third test is the wise counsel test. Ladies and gentlemen, we should all have people in our lives with permission to speak truth no matter what. Have people that give you wise counsel when it comes to the doors of your life. We all should. Before Ty and I walked through the door of planting the Refuge Church, we had people that we would seek after, that we would go and we would ask, does this sound like something that God is doing in our lives? And every single time, every single time, people said, yes, do it. Number four, the fourth test is another one that Tanya and I experienced when we started the Refuge Church is the crazy test. Come on, when you are walking through some doors that God opens, it's a little bit crazy. In fact, I would even argue that it's got to be a little bit crazy because if people don't think you're crazy, then it may not be big enough. It may not be a, a challenge enough. And so people should think that you're a little bit crazy for doing that. Betterson says this in the book. He says, faith is the willingness to look foolish on God's behalf. Faith is the willingness to look foolish on God's behalf. The fifth and final test that he talks about is the released from and called to test. The released from and called to test. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this, but basically what he's saying is that when God calls you somewhere, that you will experience that sense of release that God says, okay, now it's time to go. And when he says it's time to go, he will open a door for us to walk through. And the fact of the matter is, is that God can use anything to accomplish his purpose in our life. He can use anything to get you to walk through that door that you've not been wanting to go through. In fact, sometimes he uses things in our lives that are actually opposite of what we think. So when you go through a door, just remember this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. Because a lot of times, a lot of times, the door doesn't look the way we think it's going to look. So in 1 Corinthians 1.27, it says, Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think that they are wise. And those things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. So oftentimes, we think that it's going to look one way, but God uses something completely different to get us to walk through that door. The third language that God uses that we're talking about this morning is the language of dreams. Now, you want to talk about the crazy test. A lot of times, dreams are considered crazy by so many people. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Dreams are 
one of the craziest ways that God communicates to us. In fact, I would say that a lot of times when we start start to share our dreams with with people, they think we're crazy. In fact, um, if it's a dream that you that you have while you're sleeping, if it's a dream that you that you have while you're sleeping and, and you tell people that I think that this is something that God is telling me something, people are going to think that you're crazy. But I believe that God does still use those things. If it's a dream that God has put in your heart to chase after, to go after, then guess what? People will think you're crazy. We know from experience. People said that we were crazy for one to start a church in Maine. And as probably two feet of snow fall right now, I have a feeling that they were probably right. <laughs> Because doing the dream that God puts in your heart is often crazy. That's why we need each other to push us, to push each other, to go after the dreams that God puts in our heart. That's why at The Refuge, we're going to be people that will not settle our dreams to remain dreams, but we're going to chase after them until, until we see them succeed. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know this morning that the dream that you chase is not about the success that you see. The dream that you chase is about the person you become. Let me say that again. The dream that you chase is not about success. The dream that you chase is about the person you become. I promise you, if God puts a dream in your heart, you will become so much more like Jesus by chasing that dream. Batterson goes on again to say, if you want to establish God's reputation, you must risk yours. Some of the dreams that God puts on our hearts will require us to risk our reputation. But I promise you, his reputation far exceeds yours. The next language that we're talking about this morning is the language of people. The bottom line is that people need people. We can't get in through life without each other. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since you are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Ladies and gentlemen, we need each other to help each other run. We need each other. And God wants to use people to speak into your life. But God also wants you to use you to speak into other people's lives. And people are probably the most common way that God speaks to us, other than scripture, of course. Always remember when we receive advice from other people and we, when we receive words from other people, always remember this. People are all like, are all the same. We're all the same. So make sure that you consider the source. Because we're all a little bit crazy. Come on, you know that's true. We all have a voice, and I believe that God wants to use us to speak into other people's lives. But, ladies and gentlemen, before you speak into someone else's life, make sure that you've earned the right to speak into their life. And when you do, speak into their lives with love. Because, I promise you, Grace always wins. Love always wins. Speak into their lives with love. Speak the truth, but speak it in love. Because without grace in our relationships, we have no heart. Without love, or I'm sorry, without truth in our relationships, we have no head. But when, 
we have both grace and truth in our lives. We have both heart and head. Meaning that we have both heart and knowledge or love and knowledge. And so we need both to be present, both grace and truth, when we speak into other people's lives. And then God can speak through us and speak to us with other people. The next language that we're talking about this morning is the language of promptings. The language of promptings. When it comes to promptings, timing is everything. And God cares a lot about time. King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under the sun. In the book of Esther chapter 4, um, in the story of Esther, I would encourage you to read that story. It is a beautiful story about how God uses a queen to rescue his people. But one of the things that is said to her in Esther chapter 4, verse 14, it says, If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. Many of you have probably heard the saying, for such a time as this. This is the scripture that um, is used um, in that saying, for such a time as this, this is your time. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And when it comes to, to promptings, when it comes to timing, always remember this. That there is a difference in minutes and moments. It's the moments that God wants to make the most of in our lives. Not just the minutes. God wants to make the most of our moments. But promptings are so much more than just timing. Promptings are that feeling that you have in your gut when you have to just do something. That God puts it on your spirit that you just cannot get away from. Ladies and gentlemen, if God is prompting you to give, then give. If God is prompting you to lead, then lead. Well, We'll have an opportunity to lead small groups in, in the next month. Tanya just talked about that before our message this morning. If God is prompting you to lead a small group, then join me on January 25th for a small group leader training and lead a small group if that's what God's prompting you to do. If God is prompting you to serve, then serve. Later today, if God prompts in your spirit to go and help your neighbor shovel their driveway, then guess what? Go and help your neighbor shovel their driveway. If God is prompting you to go, to go on a missions trip, to go somewhere, then go. The only way, ladies and gentlemen, the only way for us to know if a prompting is from God is if we listen to it, if we obey it, and if we do it. The final love language that God speaks to us that we're talking about this morning is a love language known as pain. Pain is a language that I saved for last because, let's face it, none of us want to talk about pain. But truth be told that when God uses our pain to speak to us, there really can be moments of our lives where there's nothing sweeter than learning from the pain that he had us go through in order to speak to us, to whisper to us, to pull us closer to him so that we can have intimacy with him. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 10, it says this. This is what the Lord says, you have said. This is a desolate land where there are people and animals have all disappeared. 
Yet in the empty streets of Jerusalem and Judah's other towns, there will be heard once more the sound of joy and the sound of laughter. What Jeremiah is saying is even though there is a time where it's desolate and it looks like no one is there, there is coming a day when joy and laughter will come. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that if you're going through a moment of pain right now, that there is coming a day where you will experience joy again. I believe that in Jesus' name. That there will become a time in your life where you'll look back on the pain that you've gone through and, and laugh again and, and have joy again and smile again. I believe that. And what I also believe is that once you find the, what God has done in that pain, that you'll look back at a moment that was difficult it was hard, but God spoke to you in a way that doesn't compare to any other time in your life that he did. We all experience pain. Ladies and gentlemen, there's not many certain things in life, but one thing is certain is that 100% of the people watching this video right now have gone through something in life that has brought them pain. We've all gone through it. We've all experienced things that we're ashamed of. We've all experienced things that, that we're afraid of. We experience phobia and anxiety. Emotional challenges are real, but you know what else is real also? Hope. Hope is also real. And ladies and gentlemen, hope has a name and his name is Jesus Christ. And I believe that when you put your faith in him and when you follow him, that the hope we experience in him far outweighs the pain that we go through. People in the Bible experience pain. We should know that we're going to experience pain as well. But no one experienced pain in the Bible quite like a man by the name of Job. Job is known as going through some of the worst things in life. He lost everything. And in the middle of losing everything, in Job chapter 6 verse 10, he said this, at least I can take comfort in this. Despite the pain, I have not denied the words of the Holy One. Ladies and gentlemen, we all have got to get to a point in our lives where we say, despite the pain, I've not denied the words of the Holy One. We have to hold true to God's word at all times in our life in spite of the pain that we go through. Now, the most literal translation for the word joy in the, in the, in the Hebrew it means this, to leap like a horse, so stones spark. That's what the Hebrew word for joy literally means, to leap like a horse when stones spark. But it's not just jumping for joy. It's dancing in disappointment. Ladies and gentlemen, in the midst of your, if, of your pain, God wants to get you to a point where you can dance in disappointment. When pain comes, how do we react? Do we react by complaining or by dancing? God wants us to dance. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, God whispers us, whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pain. Now, I could preach about pain for weeks and weeks and weeks. Because the fact of the matter is, is that your pain probably has something to do with you coming to the Refuge Church every Sunday morning. 
the things that you've gone through in life that have caused you some hurt has, is probably bringing you through the doors. Hopefully that's not the only reason. Hopefully you're coming through the doors for, to, to worship God and to, to fall in love with Him. But some of you every week come to the refuge because of pain. I want you to promise you that every single week at the refuge we talk about things that will help you with pain in your life. Next week, we're beginning a relationship series because we know that people not only need people, but people also hurt people. And so we want to give you tools that will help you endure the pain of your life just like God would want us to. So that's what we do every single week. We talk about about things that will help us with pain because the fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, is that God wants us to lean into him close enough to hear his whisper and he will do anything. He will do anything to get us to lean into him, to be intimate with him because the goal, the goal of whisper is intimacy with God. Now, I realize that when you start talking about intimacy with God, that um, some people may get uncomfortable. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that, that God loved us so much that he... He paid a heavy price to have intimacy with us. He gave his only son so that we could be intimate with him, so that we could have a relationship with him. Because before, before Jesus died, there was a broken relationship with God. We couldn't get to him. So Jesus had to die so that we could have a relationship with God. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're sitting there watching this video and you've never given your heart to follow God, I want to invite you right now, right where you sit, to give your heart to Him, to have, find intimacy with Him so that He could help you in moments of your life in determining what is the reason for the desire in my heart? What is the reason for this door that is opening? What is the reason... For this dream that I had. What is the reason for this, this, this prompting that I have in my spirit? What, what is the reason for the people that I have in my life speaking to me? What is the reason for the pain that I've gone through? Ladies and gentlemen, with God, all things make sense. And so that is why we need a relationship with Him. We need a relationship with Him because without Him, we, we face, face it. We die and we go to hell. And so I want to help you discover hope this morning. So if you are interested in a relationship with Jesus, would you do me a favor? Would you, would you just write where you sit? Would you bow your head? Would you say this prayer with me? Say it in your heart. Believe it in your heart. Say, God, I know I've done wrong. And I know because I've done wrong, I need you in my life. God, I want to have a relationship with you. So right now, I give you my heart. I ask you to forgive me for the way that I've sinned. To forgive me by the blood that Jesus shed on the cross for me. I believe that Jesus was your son. That he died on the cross. That he rose again to conquer death for me. I ask Him into my life right now. I ask Him to make me new and to make things make sense. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer with me, let me just say thank you so much for being here. We, we are so thrilled of what God is going to do in your life. Would you do me a favor? Would you send me an email? Send it to my personal email account, adam 
at refugemain.church. And just let me know, hey, I watched your message on the Sunday that you canceled service and I gave my heart to Jesus. And I want you to know that. And I'll be sure to email you back and uh, just give you some next steps in what it looks like to follow Jesus. Thank you so much for being here today. We hope that you stay safe, stay warm, and get your snow blowing on.